And now, it's time for Miss Weed Wiki Speaks. Bobby Sharma, a, a cannabis enthusiast and host of the Big Sharm Show. We met each other on the Clubhouse app and clicked instantaneously. So thank you, Bobby, for joining me today. Could you tell our listeners where you're joining us from? I'm in Scarborough, Ontario, um, in Toronto. So I wanted to thank you for inviting me to your podcast. I'm a big fan. And uh, was, I thoroughly enjoyed your conversation with me on Clubhouse. So really enjoy and I'm excited to speak with you today. Oh, I feel so blessed. Thank you. Thank you. My listeners and I would love to know more about you and your cannabis journey. Could you tell us where it all started for you? Wow. Okay. This is okay. This is on air. Okay. Well, uh, it started for me in the 90s, actually, um, 1992. To be exact, um, I was a kid, and I we went to spring break, and uh, my buddies we all we took the Greyhound bus from our high school to Daytona Beach, Florida, and we're you know I'm a hip hop fan since I'm a kid, and uh, we got to Daytona and we started turning on these the, the TV there in our little hotel, and there's this channel called BET, and I go wow we didn't have that in Canada this is cool man wow, look at these guys. We would only get hip hop videos once a week for one hour. These guys had, BET had like hip hop videos appearing all the time. And I knew, and I would, I was, a, I'm a big music fan. So I would go to HMV, which is a big uh, Canadian uh, music store. Uh, so I would go there and, you know, on their bulletin boards, they would always say on their Tuesdays, they would be released of certain albums and it would have dates of, you know, so-and-so artists uh, would come out. So I saw um, before my trip, I said, I would probably buy a cassette or something to listen to. And I saw that Dr. Dre, who I knew from NWA, was coming out with something solo. And I saw that on that bulletin board and I was like, cool. And I'm like, well, Dr. Dre's doing something. I didn't know that they had broken up in terms of NWA or whatnot. So now fast forward to getting into Daytona and uh, we were playing, we we're ch- uh, changing the channels, watching BET. And then Dr. Dre comes out with this guy named Snoop Doggy Dog. Now, I'm, I'm not the biggest drink of water. I'm a pretty slim guy. And, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, seeing someone, you know, all my peers were, you know, working out and muscle heads and things like that. I wasn't necessarily the biggest drink of water in the room. So this guy, Snoop Dogg, was like the coolest guy. Who is this skinny dude with this cool hip hop, this flow that was just new? And he's like tough, but he's like this guy. And I was like, who is this? Changed everything for me. I thought he was the coolest person in the world. Uh, You know, so then (laughs) fast forward, I had other peers uh, saying, hey, man, you should try this, you know, some weed and stuff. And people and I didn't really give in to peer pressure. I could give a shit about peer pressure. Can I swear? Yes. Oh, pardon me for cursing. Uh, yeah, I, I could care less about uh, peer pressure. You know, it kind of turned me off to be like, hey, man, you're my friend and I enjoy, you know, talking with you. But if you smoked it, it would be, you know, it'd be a cooler conversation. I didn't really buy into that. But now listening to this album, The Chronic, I'm like, hey, let's 
let me try this. And the rest is history. I, I thank Snoop Dogg. One day I know maybe one day we'll have that chat. And I'm sure that millions and millions of people probably have similar stories. But that was my journey started with hip hop and with that guy, the dog father. You know, Bobby, I'm not sure what I love more or most about that story, because chronologically, I want to say it's about around the same time, 92, 93, when I first smoked weed. So there's the commonality of that. But I mean, the Snoop, the Snoop references, um, Snoop is in my top five of hip hop, hip hop artists of all time. So it fits perfectly. So thank you so much for sharing such a vivid memory of trying weed in Daytona, Florida in 1992, thanks to the chronic and ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Like, do you want to know a funny story about the weed in Daytona? So my friends that went with me, they were already smoking weed. So you know what? I kind of missed out because a buddy of mine told me, he said, you know, you missed out because on the way into the States, I brought the best weed, you dummy. And you weren't even into it then. And I didn't try weed at the time because it was, you know, uh, later after that trip. So we were there in Florida and they were looking. So, you know, multiple schools go as well. Right. And so we're all there and now they're looking for weed. So uh, my friend, I, this is all recorded. So this is going to be embarrassing, but I don't care. It's funny. Uh, they, they went looking for weed and they found a gentleman looked like a little bit rough around the edges gentleman. He was wearing a trench coat, a little bit older. Uh, they, they bought weed from him at a motel. I remember. And the man was so happy that they purchased from them. I remember the, I so vividly remember that man being happy with them purchasing. He went up to one of these dudes and gave him a kiss on the cheek. And I go, something's wrong, man. You know, and I just left. Uh, so we go to so-and-so's room and, you know, they start rolling dudes and they're smoking and they're passing it around. And a lot of people had not smoked weed in their life and they're passing around this joint, right. That smells like shit. And it's just, it's just going around the room and guys that had never smoked weed before, just smoking it like a cigar, like nothing. And I'm going, okay. It turns out that it was a bag of crap. Like nobody got high. And they totally got ripped off and they were like, you know, uh, so that was that experience too. So I certainly memorable one. I didn't personally partake at that time, but speaking of Daytona, Florida. So I saw both ends of that spectrum. So <laughs> if, if the citizens of Daytona Beach and Daytona, Florida take exception to how you characterize their weed, um, they'll learn later at the end of the show how to find you. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, yeah, I it was... If you saw, I could still see it. It looked like a stick of like dog poo or something like look terrible. I just, I still remember what, what is that? I still, that brings me to a a question that I actually meant to ask you about, because we all, you know, have stories of trying to source weed. Like I've been in South beach looking for weed while I was on vacation. Like you, I, I'm not, I was, I specifically wasn't very into weed enough to be comfortable going up to strangers. So the way I would find weed if I'm on vacation is you sniff. Oh my gosh, I smell weed. Somebody's got it. That's exactly what I did to this random guy who was with his friend. He gave me what he had for $10 and then looked at me 
like I was a piece of fill for asking if he could roll it for me. (laughs) (laughs) So what might have worked in Jamaica on a resort or off resort doesn't work in South Beach, Florida, just in case anybody wants to 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 smoke it for you too. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much what he said, almost verbatim. (laughs) Right. So what are the biggest challenges or obstacles you've encountered when using weed or cannabis? Um, you know what, I'll be honest with you, um, initially not being able to identify like, you know, now within the last recently sativa versus indica, right? And so respect to to things being legalized and being brought even uh, having dispensaries out there, because even those gray area ones um, really hit me to I've been a pot guy, like I said, the 90s, right? Um, I wasn't aware of all these different um, breakdowns, sativa, indica. And I mean, now we're talking about terrapines, right? But even then, I wasn't aware. So when you say what was my biggest hardship, I would say the acknowledgement of what that herb was, because um, sometimes it would lead me to be unproductive, to be frank with you, mentally creative, but couch ridden. Let's be frank. So, so you get some bomb weed, but you're sitting on, you missed a day or two because you're sitting there. So we have to acknowledge that too, that, um, that, you know, th- this is a, I, I'm someone that has dealt with anxiety since I'm young. Uh, so it certainly gravitated towards that and it calmed me down and I wasn't able to articulate that. Or even when I did, people wouldn't necessarily understand it. Now it's being diagnosed or described, but at the time I gravitated to it, but um, in a, in a long winded answer, I would say the, um, the ability to not define and, and maybe losing some time with it, meaning couch ridden or lack of, uh, uh, you know, inspiration or whatnot. Yeah, we, I've talked a lot with guests about using cannabis with intention. They bring it up, you know, if it's their practice. I use, and, and I'm like that myself, there's cannabis I use when I need to be productive. Right. There's cannabis I use when I need for pain management. There's cannabis I use, you know, specific for the days when depression is really getting bad. Right. And then there's the cannabis I'm bringing to music festivals and bringing, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. So, so and before legalization, bullshit? never could make that distinction. You took what was given to you. Right, like, exactly. Right. And you didn't know, you're like, it's weed. You didn't know if it was, you're just like, do you have weed? Yeah, I got weed. It's good weed. That's all you do. <laughs> yes. What does good weed mean? Is good weed the, the weed that doesn't, that is couch lock weed? Or is it right. good weed that makes you have like a fountain of ideas that keeps you, you know, gives you ideas that you monetize for the next six months? Yeah, like, man. It's going to be different, right? And I, at a point too, when I would, um, I went to the, you know, uh, sorry to go ahead, but like I went to, um, you know, I was excited when, the dispensary started to come to Toronto, right? That was like, uh, I guess in the uh, 2010-ish area, 2000s area, I'm not exactly sure what year, but my first cousin, he he said to me, he goes, hey man, there's a dispensary over here on so-and-so street, I think it was, might've been Queen Street. He goes, go to there. And I go, what do I gotta do? He goes, no, you're gonna, you're gonna go there and you just give them your idea, ID and tell them like, they'll just ask you to fill in some paperwork. And I go, what kind of paperwork? He goes, just like to check market and tell them that, yeah, you need it medicinally, et cetera. You tell them what, you know, cool. So I filled it out. And I remember, you know, first time going in past that door to that dispensary. And he goes, I want, my cousin said to me, he goes, I wanna be on the phone with you when you physically see what's behind that door and I go okay I didn't know what to expect 
And then, you know, you finally get in there. Oh, you look and there's shelves of glass jars with all kinds of weed and all labeled. And it smells like heaven, meaning like different cannabis. And then you look and they've got chocolate bars and they've got uh, beverages and they've got, you know, all kinds of crazy weed. Thing. I'm like, is this to Charlie and the chocolate factory of weed? What? is going on here i remember just going i want to buy one of this 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 and the reason why i'm saying that to you is i didn't know the difference between and even when they did try to describe indica versus sativa like fuck you it sounds good so i'm gonna try this too and i would try all these different things mind you some of the sativa like i said before i have a little bit of anxiety or jitters or it could be chemical whatever it is right so <laughs> i remember some of these strains would make me give me the shakes and others would make me couch lock and i couldn't define which one because i had such a plethora of different strains so it was an exciting time when that opened and i really did open up the knowledge too of cannabis because learned people were behind the counters now to describe to me and they asked me stuff and, and which was cool. And that's when I was told that, you know, uh, what type of, you know, what situation I mentioned that I had anxiety and then the, the butt tender said, and I still to this day recall saying that, you know, with anxiety, you might not want to have sativa because that's something that would um, contribute to your anxiety. So I knew that going in. So it certainly changed my perception of, I mean, now the funny thing is through nutrition and my own mental space, I do participate with sativa. So um, depending on where you are, um, sorry for being long-winded, but I certainly, um, was, it was a, such a great experience when I first uh, went to my first dispensary. You know, the, the choir singing, the choir yes. of angels happened to me when I walked into the medicine wheel, my first medical dispensary in Alderville in 2017. What Same did you remember what you bought? Like, do you remember? I remember that I don't remember the strain I bought, but I do remember because they still do it to this day. They, they would have the strain and they would have the list of the symptoms that you oh. to address or the Ooh. effects you could expect. So for That's example, cool. anything that was a loss of appetite for that, yeah. I avoided because I couldn't stand the munchies. The munchies, right. up until about when I started going to dispensaries, my relationship with weed that I got from say a dealer through a third party or whatever, was the stronger was the more the munchies. And I, right. I wasn't feeling that because then I would regret doing it. It became almost a battle of willpower and only to learn going through a dispensary, you can, there are terpenes that suppress your appetite right. and like humulene. So I, I gravitate to strains when I find that there's humulene, especially if I'm going to consume lots of it. My weekend, I don't mind binging on the weekend, but if it's my medicine, I can't be, you know, consuming cannabis. That's going to make me go through my fridge every hour. Kind of, you know, that's excellent. And it's so great that it's individualized that you were able to, to um, get that information at an early time, just because I found too quite the opposite that, as I was mentioning before, the Snoop Dogg thing, I'm a, I've been a, a, a slim drink of water all my life, right? So that whole opening up my appetite, et cetera, was a benefit for me going into fitness and combining the two. So I'm a personal trainer for many years, uh, uh, not to toot my own horn, but award-winning here in Toronto for a couple of years in a row. So I certainly, uh, you know, and my clients were a diverse group from teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s. 
Um, the one thing that I, I attribute to not just my success, but I think that cannabis can work and does work with fitness, um, depending on uh, the reason why I mentioned that is because of, you know, from my own fitness goals, it certainly did uh, opened up my appetite, um, allowed me to have focus, et cetera. I mean, everybody's different. But it, as you're mentioning about the suppression of your appetite, the uh, inducing of my appetite was something that was very beneficial to me that I needed to um, to have. So yeah, so shout out to cannabis for for both of us. Absolutely, and I love how um, you're you mentioned the personal training aspect because I wonder whenever we do get past you know the the, the restrictions and the lockdown, is there an appetite for you know, discussing cannabis and fitness in gym settings? Is there, you know, is there an appetite for them to explore the impacts of cannabis even with yoga and stretching? I, and, you know, cause there, personally, I found I would, there were certain types of fitness I could do with cannabis and there were certain definitely could not, like I could not smoke or even use a vape pen and play football. I okay. needed fast right. reflexes. Yes. Then um, it would afford me not to, to say that it always dampens my reflexes, but, you know, I'm more of the let me take a, a Red Bull before a game. Right. 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 Um, but spinning classes, especially because I, I'm a certified spin instructor. Um, but classes, um, it's a, when it's a repetitive motion. Yes. yes, you can do a nice sativa with repetitive motion and it'll make you productive. It'll make me productive you know, and I, a super workout. And then I'm eating the world after because I earned it. <laughs> I agree 100%. And I think that what you touched on was was exactly why I agree with you um, with the correlation of cannabis and fitness. The mental focus. Yes, is is genuinely uh, something that I felt a result of like, but again, it was, you know, in terms of indig individual workouts, et cetera, that focus on technique on such and such. So mental focus on things that you already know, or that you've learned principle wise. Um, I would also say like from yoga perspective, stretching, I think that they've, they've been hand in hand uh, historically, yeah. um, probably documented uh, in some capacity, but you know, through quote unquote, uh, not uh medical means right so meaning uh you know yogic backgrounds like i'm thinking and you know buddhist these they've been happening since yeah. forever so uh i i feel that there is certainly a benefit to cannabis and fitness for sure well definitely also cannabis and sport injury recovery yes. and and that as well um i've had a guest in the past who you know, we had a very uh, frank conversation. We're going to actually connect offline. I'm thinking about it with you and him um, about he feels there's a lot of athletes who whose like professional sports careers would have been extended, especially in the NFL, if they'd been allowed to use cannabis for recreation or pain management. Too much of the endorsement of alcohol. Yes. And prescription drugs in in the NFL through sponsorship, through right. advertising has led to so many social ills. When you even think about the domestic violence issues right. and whatnot, and yep. he brought up a point that that burned in my brain. If players, after all that energy, could just chill and smoke weed in their in their their hotel that day and and vibe with their friends all night, you probably wouldn't have so many of these, you know, crisis management issues that happen. Hostility and hostility. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
and and that you you hit it right on the nose because um when you're under whatever situation right let's be honest when you have uh, when you're what do we say in society well let's celebrate with a drink oh it's a bad day i need a drink you know so that kind of uh stereotype what you know whatever you want to call it uh has has transcended in society right oh it's okay so we can go to the corner store and get a drink but we don't uh see the 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 repercussions of that for example said athlete he's gone with this aggression already for x amount of time now he's medicating or calming quote unquote with alcohol he's he's going to probably be more belligerent he's probably not going to be and his recovery will be longer because guess what alcohol if you look at the percentage there's a reason why there's a percentile it's poison let's be firm if you like it's six percent eight percent there's no hundred percent because if you had hundred percent, guess what? You won't be you won't be functioning. Yeah. And when someone does uh, consume alcohol as a as a personal trainer, I say to my clients, "You ruined your workout if you drank that day." Yeah. So um, the difference then in cannabis is that it it um, calms you down. Uh, I had unfortunately some people within my world, in my family, or in people that I knew that had problems with alcohol. And the way for which that people act, it's not with cannabis. Cannabis tends to be lovey and calm versus belligerent and angry. So there's that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But until so the stigma reverses. Yes. And, and the government does its part. And I say the government because the government had a huge hand in the propaganda that made cannabis look bad. They have to reverse that image. Yeah. They have to help. They have to be a partners, in my view, in the rehabilitation of it because it was propaganda. You know what I think, though, Khadija, the way that um, and this is just my personal opinion, government will do what they do. And they kind of um, I hate to say it, but they're reactionary. Right. Yes. So, so if we meaning we the people were to present marketing and education and et cetera, then we, the vanguards, would lead the way for them to accept that. That's the unfortunate truth. No, it's and it's not unfortunate. It, it is the truth. It's unfortunate that they that are reactive, but that is, it, right. you know what? it gives us something to do. Oh, certainly. And it gives us a way for which to do it, the way we would like to do it. Absolutely. What we're presented. Absolutely. What are some of your favorite ways to consume cannabis? I'm a dupe smoker. But but the thing with me is I'm very particular with my papers. I smoke a particular type of paper called, they're clear papers. They literally look like saran wrap. Yes, I've seen one. One of my bud sisters had it. And it's like cellophane, right? And Yes. And actually, it's called cellulose. It's called cellulose. Okay. I've, been, I've been a huge fan of it, proponent of it for, I don't know, it's got to be probably a decade. I was introduced to it by someone and I've never looked back because I found it to be, for me, um, cellulose, it's like a, it's a, it's a sugar cane extract um, and it's clear. Uh, it's not just from the va- vanity perspective of that you can see clearly through it, but the way that it burns, it burns comparable to a blunt, meaning that once you stop smoking it stops so it's not just you know how white paper burns and it just burns away and you didn't take a drag yet right so the good thing is that it's a slow burning paper but the also the great thing about it too is that i feel it really 
um, focuses on the flavor because it's neutral, the paper itself. So it really gives you a taste of the bud. So I love it. And then on top of that, um, shout out to Cypress Hill, Be Real from Cypress Hill. I also use those papers, but I also use glass tips, glass filters. I love and, that. And it just is, yeah, it seems, it, it doesn't seem right to me if those two are not involved in my smoking experience. How hard is it to roll with cellulose? Because I'm a really bad roller. I need to use a, a chopstick. Basically. Oh, do you? It's pretty much, um, I think that once you use that chopstick, cause it's, it's one sheet and you'll do the, you know, the, you know how there's a glue at the top of the paper. Yeah. So you'll do your own. Think of it as a blunt. The whole paper is sticky. Oh, okay. Right. So you'll just lick that top line or whatever that you want to seal it with. So it's actually quite easy. It's not that, I mean, like anything, it's re repetition. Right. You know, you're probably going to make a couple of things that look like fishes. I mean, I could tell you about my first dupe that I ever rolled. It was pretty uh, looked like a fish. But yeah, you know, so it won't look aesthetically pleasing, but it'll smoke. It'll work. <laughs> I love that. I love that. If you could smoke an in-person like smoke, if you could host an yeah. in-person smoke sesh with anybody dead or alive, who would it be and why? Come on. I already told you. Be Snoop Dogg, man. I, I mean, you know, that's like a, right. That's one of those bucket list things. You're like Snoop, you're the, you know, I feel like already embarrassed to tell him that, Hey man, you're the reason why I smoke weed. Right. And he's like, yeah, I've heard that once or 20 million times before, but uh, you know, I am also one of those people. So I would say, yeah, he would be first and foremost dead or alive. And because I'm such a fan and I'd love to, you know, have spirit, have shared even a couple of moments with him. I like to smoke with Tupac too. Just to, uh, you know, yeah let's do it see what's up you know i i could smoke with tupac too but i i'd want to smoke with biggie more yeah okay actually Fair. you know what no no real talk How about a room with all i of would love to have a smoke sesh with tupac and biggie and really talk about how what went down didn't have to in retrospect like you right. know good weed yeah and, you know yeah, no booze. Talk about influence and entourage and Suge Knight and like you know, like really yeah. off and lay it all out. Like that would be a dream sesh. And how much stronger would we be together today? Exactly. We well, and that's that's the tragedy that that to me is the lasting tragedy of that is that if they could have gotten past that point, that critical crisis inflection point they would have been in a different place. And we know they would have been in a different place entirely because all right. other beef squash, right? Like, yeah. And in hindsight, it was pretty nonsensical. Like it yeah. was way too out of line. And, you know, it, it got to the point where, um, again, I wasn't there, but I, I certainly don't want to speak for, but I've spoke to other West Coast artists and I certainly don't want to quote them particularly, but they told, they said to me directly that they had traveled and it was, odd for them to travel from the west to go to Miami and people giving them dirty looks and not liking them and this and that and saying well literally the the west coast rapper goes I didn't we didn't do it yeah. like it was like that like it was very you know uh animosity ridden so that's you're right it's the peace pipe so I I would have liked to have that smoke shesh too I think that would have been calm yeah I think so too especially with the caliber of weed that's available now oh my gosh because you know also <laughs> Like if we're keeping it 100, Snoop would have to be there and it would probably be Snoop's weed. Yes. 
Yes. Speaking of a uh, quick Snoop's uh, thing, uh, I'm a big Howard Stern guy. So Snoop was on Howard last summer and two little quick points. He says that he has a dube roller that travels with him, a blunt roller, excuse me. Yes. And that's his job. And he, he, I mean, this is pre pandemic. I don't know if it's still the case, but the guy traveled with him and he had a salary and he got whatever Snoop got and he smoked whatever Snoop had and da da da. What a job, first of all. And second thing that why you mentioned that, too, is Snoop was talking about strains and we say, oh, 20 percent THC, 30 percent is crazy. Right. Snoop had the only ever I've heard of 50 percent THC. That I was like, wow. So when you say that Snoop should provide the weed, you bet. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) On another level. So. I guess it would be redundant for me to ask who's the dream guest you'd like on your big charm show. I know it's going to be Snoop, but who else would you love? On oh, man. Uh, you name it. I, I just like so many people like from from like I said, I love Howard Stern. I'm a Michael Rappaport, a, you know, someone that I've uh, become a comrade of mine. Very cool person. Uh, I love musicians. Uh, so many different people. Oh, man, that's a great question. I think I want everybody. I, I, <laughs> the door, it's an open door policy. I don't want to forget anybody. I mean, the dog pound, uh, very cool with the chill from Compton's Most Wanted. Hopefully he hears this and uh, I'm a big advocate. So shout out to him. And uh, yeah, man, uh, you name it. I, you know what? Anybody that wants to talk to me is welcome to the Big Charm Show. I love That's, that. Yeah. How do you, um, could you share with us? How do you, incorporate cannabis in your day-to-day life how does it impact your business your project oh you know what that's a great question um you know some say it's wake and bake i say it's meditation but what i do i have this routine it's kind of weird but we're all weird (laughs) i live uh in a uh I, i i live in an area that's kind of wooded or i guess you could call it right so it's it's lush you can go from city on one side to uh forest on the other side ponds etc like really lush so the reason why i'm saying that every morning i roll one i get my coffee and i go down and there's this pond and this is happening since uh it's got to be almost a year not not maybe a year just close to so now you know so last fall let's say maybe before but anyway I would go to this pond and I would admire these ducks and geese. And then uh, there's these particular, I don't know how this happened. There was, you know, there's geese and then there's these white ducks, you know, like Donald Duck, you know, the white duck and the the orange bill, right? There was four of them. So I'd see them and I'd be like, hey, you know, maybe I should throw some food at these guys or whatnot because you're smoking weed. So you're all loving, right? (laughs) So uh, I would go and there would be this one duck i don't know what happened there was four white ducks now there's only one long story short i go every day pretty much every day and i and i feed or hang out with this one duck and the duck knows me and it's this weird thing so we got this like i you know i'll probably share him on instagram i've got pictures and video of him so when when you ask me that it's a whole it's like a meditation almost so i go 
I, I, I'm a big proponent uh, back in the day, like I was telling you about anxiety. I, I started to read Deepak Chopra back, back when I was in college, like he was not the, the, you know, the, the big thing that he is now, but I remember uh, he was on Oprah actually. And I was intrigued by what he was saying. So the reason why I'm bringing him up is one of the things that he said, there was like seven spiritual laws of success was the book. And one of his things was that you should every day go within nature because then you kind of feel like you're part of the universe. Like, you you know, you're, uh, we're all uh, in, in this together, meaning, you know, whether it's the ground, whether it's the flowers, whether it's the animals, we're all part of this big universe. So I, I really took that to heart and uh, I would do that. And it's a great feeling because I, whenever I go into nature, I feel uh, chill. So in a, in a long-winded answer, I go to nature in the morning and I go hang out with that duck and I smoke one and I have a coffee. And uh, I got to tell you, my, you know, my day starts off pretty pleasantly. So that's in a nutshell. Does your oh, duck friend have a name? Have you have you named him? No, I just call him the duck. <laughs> That's not because I don't know if he's a boy or a girl. I don't know what his deal is. And you know what? The funny thing is, and I swear I'm not lying, like he'll be across the pond. And I'm, I realize when, you know, like, for example, the goose, he has a honk, honk, right? Like we're familiar with that, right? The duck really does a quack, quack, quack. So I, I feel that I'm fluent in duck because I, he'll be far away and I get to the pond and I look left and I look right and I go, where is this guy? He's not around. And I go, quack, quack, quack. I can't believe I'm doing this on your podcast and this is going to be recorded forever. But anyway, I do that duck quack and he swims across the, the water and I have video of it. Like sincerely, like, and just like, no matter what, he'll come and he'll swim across and he comes just like a dog. And he wags his tail and he's like, quark, quark, and he's talking and whatnot, and, you know, feed him, we hang out. That's my buddy. So that's my day. That I'm sure you can expect buddy. that. that is your, you have an amazing smoke buddy. I'm yeah, you know, jealous. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm late today because I'm with you. So I, I'm I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go after this episode. Yeah, no. And I, I really appreciate my, my back deck smoke for that reason. There's a lot of lushness in my yard. There's a yes. lot of green and um, my cats have made it their personal territory. Fantastic. So um, I'm always out there for that first smoke of the day and the sun, I get the morning sun there too. Right. So it's a perfect setting. And usually, especially come July, August, my cannabis plants are growing around me. Awesome. It makes wow. it beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment until a cat, kills a mouse and brings it to me or kills a. Mouse. are you smoking only your grown or are you smoking like uh oh um my what i grow in summer isn't available to smoke until december by the time right, it's right. been cured and everything cured. so yeah. i have not i may have a little bit left from my summer girl last year that okay. i can bring out right it'd be a great idea so thank you um what changes would you like to see come about the cannabis industry here in Canada? What do you think needs to be fixed? A couple of things. I think that um, I understand the regulatories that we have to packaging in a certain way, like I feel. I think that um, maybe the way that things are structured, I don't know how that would happen. I think that I understand and I respect the the governance of things and packaging because you, you know, just like food, for example, you have to define exactly what's in something. So I'm not against regulatory uh, things because frankly, 
they are beneficial to you. I'll give you an example, just like before I give you what I'd like to see. Um, I was always, you know, a proponent or a fan of the gray market uh, cannabis dispensaries, right? Where they, you know, where you get in a bag and you can, uh, you know, check the jar and whatnot. But then using these uh, government places that have the package, I got to tell you, I don't suffer heartburn or certain things that I, uh, that occur with, with the other places. So, Maybe that regulatory thing is uh, a benefit that maybe there are certain things that, you know, we know um, in terms of washing things and the, the procedural and et cetera, that this uh, system can benefit us too. It's not all, oh my gosh, I don't like the packaging, but my, what you, to answer your question, I would like to see a little bit of that government thing allowing us to smell because like we were talking earlier I don't know if we were off air but terpenes and the ability to smell things and see them in some capacity um it's just like a car yeah uh, allows you to to make a wiser decision on what you want to purchase so that would be my um one thing that I'd like to change but I think that we're going in the right direction and shout out to Canada for legalizing marijuana and, uh, you know, hopefully we can, uh, I'm not a, you know, I can't knock alcohol, but I'm knocking alcohol <laughs> because I think that it's the better of the two. And uh, I'm a big fan of a guy named Joey Coco Diaz. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a comedian. He said something that was really great. He said, that, look, you know what, man, I got an addictive personality. I've realized that he's dealt with, you know, uh, you know, he's dealt with cocaine and heroin. He's done everything, alcohol. And he goes, I got addicted personality he goes, if there's one thing that I could be addictive, addicted to, and that wouldn't hinder me is cannabis. And uh, he's taken that, you know, that personality trait and, you know, translated into being productive and, and doing stuff. So shout out to cannabis for being one of those things that um, we can gravitate to and medicate and not have these uh, side effects slash repercussions or quote unquote, a hangover. I don't miss hangovers. I do right? not miss them at all. So absolutely. And shout out to cannabis pulling us and carrying us through an extended pandemic, right? We're living right. in unprecedented times right now. Right. So the ability to have cannabis and use cannabis to help us manage the anxiety or the depression or just feeling like we're on a lost boat going nowhere. Right. So shout out for to cannabis being an essential product here. I, yeah. I'm definitely grateful. We're all grateful for it. For Living sure. in these types of times though, what inspires you these days? What projects are you most passionate about? Well, you know, I got to tell you, um, I started the, the year with really uh, self-analysis. I have a background in quite a diverse, I have a TV background. I've since I'm a kid, I got a grant from the government. Well, actually, since I'm a high schooler, I worked at, I got a co-op program with CTV, which is our Canadian national television network. So it got me into TV at a, in the teens. Um, so I've always had that uh, media uh, love and education and work. So when I was at CTV, I was a uh, co-op student. They hired me after the school year um, so I was working in Canadian national television. I was doing gra in the graphics department at the time, which was a really great gig for me that just opened my trajectory for the rest of my life. I completed school. I went to college. I liked it, but I really didn't really dig what I was doing because I went for advertising and I 
should have stayed in TV, but that's, we're young and we always make these different decisions. So um, long story short, then I um, got a grant from the government to start an independent, my film company. Um, so I, I, for me, I had to do a lot of things like in terms of uh, jump through hoops and tell them what my plan was and what type of uh, productions I'd like to do, et cetera. Luckily they accepted me and I got a grant from them and I learned film television and I really got a chance to do things. Uh, fast forward, my, my dad is, I know that it's going around, it's, it's kind of schizophrenic, but this is my life. <laughs> uh, my dad, you know, my parents are, you know, great place in my heart. And my dad is a heart patient since I'm a kid, right? So it's been kind of traumatic that you're, you're a little kid worried about your parents, right? Um, so I always was into, you know, I didn't become a doctor. And I didn't, uh, you know, so long story short, I became a fitness instructor. Uh, I dated someone who was a trainer, actually. She kept saying, you know, you should be, you should be. I'm going, Are you kidding? I don't think so. Uh, I went, I learned. I didn't think that, you know, I would do well. I mean, I'm not one of these muscle head guys, right? Like, how could I, you know, why, how would they even take me seriously? Got educated, got certified, did my thing. And I realized that, you know, people are people and the way that you articulate, it's not me, it's you. So I'm here to help you, whether your fitness goal is to gain weight, lose weight, uh, you know, measure stress, et cetera. So I, I took that principle with me and I um, continued to, and I became a personal trainer. As I was mentioning earlier, I won some awards as well for being successful. And the one thing that I attributed that to was taking myself out of the equation and fully focusing on said person, you know? Um, so from a cannabis perspective, uh, you know, it allows you to focus on your own self. I mean, I wouldn't attribute <laughs> my focus to cannabis particularly, but it, 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 it's part of your lifestyle. So I'm sure that calming and whatever, you know, in terms of your mind and thought process. So uh, it's been pretty diverse, you know? So um, long story short, uh, I would say fitness was a great um, aspect for me. And then uh, I wanted to translate back to my TV, take all these experiences with me. And here is the Big Charm Show. Here is the Big Charm Show. So what's coming next for the Big Charm Show in 2021 and beyond? Well, we are going to go four-dimensional because we are a, we're, you know, by the way, somebody told me, and it wasn't me, that we're number seven on Clubhouse. I don't know how. I really don't know how. And it was one of my partners or one of the people that appear on my show that said that to me. I wasn't the one, but apparently the Big Charm Show is doing all right at number seven. So please do tune in. And if you need an invite, hit Big Charm up. Uh, we'll talk about that later and I'll get you an invite too. But yeah, man. And the thing that I always say, and I mean it, the Big Charm Show is for the people. So, yeah. So you said, what's next? So I plan on um, continuing to to grow on this clubhouse thing, but um, we want to be four dimensional. I, I'm, I have a podcast on the way. Um, YouTube channel is almost it's out, but, you know, so we've got we're going four dimensional and then I'm doing a live broadcast. So it'll be four dimensional. So I be on the lookout. I love it. And we will definitely be on the lookout and I'm looking forward to you sharing those details later as well. Oh, and I got cool merch. I don't know if you've ever seen my big charm show uh, symbol itself, but it's pretty dope. Shout out to Rob dropkick. 
very, very, very reputable artist. I had the honor of him doing my logo. So yeah, man. I so love that. Look out for the merch too. It's on the way as well. Definitely, for sure. Now switching gears, if someone were to gift you with an ounce okay. of your absolutely favorite strain, okay. what would it be and what would you do with it? Ooh. Wow, every day it changes. Like that's like, it changes like the weather. Like I'm not as uh, married to a strain like yourself. Wow. Um, gee whiz, you put me on the spot because if you look around me, I've got such a variety. I'm like, I don't know. It's like, it's like a family. I don't know. I'm looking at what I'm smoking right now to tell you because I, <laughs> um, anything, you know what? It's going to be generic, but I, I like, like, I like strains that have some sort of berry uh, name to it, right? So and so berry. So I really like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like uh, the hybrid or maybe a little bit of an indica dominate hybrid. So if those two criteria, so I, I can't really say a particular one. It's like cheating on, it's like cheating or picking a kid, right? Which child do you, do you pick? So, so I'm going to say, uh, you know, I, I like the berry strains and uh, yeah, and I'd say hybrid probably or, you know. All right. And here's the bonus question, especially you being a doobie smoker. Yes. How long would it take you to go through an ounce? Oh, man. <laughs> You're embarrassing me, though. Uh, you know what? It would take me a while, especially with a good strain. It'd take me, a couple, you know, a few weeks. Okay. Yeah, maybe a week or two. Okay. Two yeah, easily two weeks. I mean, because, you know, we want to be functioning, too, right? Like, it's not just, you know right so i'd say two weeks sure right? okay sounds good sounds good well could you tell our listeners one more time where they can find you on social media yes you can find me on instagram at the big with two g's the big charm show and uh, you can con please feel free to contact me via if you have some questions or anything, you can contact me at Gmail at the big charm show with two G's at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. And you can also please check out for the big charm show on Clubhouse. As I mentioned, doing pretty good. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, and keep a lookout because when you when you when you're following me on Instagram, I certainly will show you what I'm up to on YouTube, etc. Because they're all slowly coming, well, pretty quickly coming out. So yeah, a lot of exciting things in the near future. As partnerships with some people, maybe with you too, Miss. For sure, <laughs> for sure. So definitely, they should come find your club on Clubhouse. Please. Your show on Wednesday nights for sure. Yes, I have a show on Wednesday called Weed Wednesdays. It's an ode to marijuana. So we we have, and the big charm show is to put it in a in a in context. It's a circus. I have a character that comes in as my grandmother. So I have a grandma. It's a. I, I'm gonna pull the the curtain from. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna open the curtain and tell you that it's a it's a actor that plays my grandmother, and he does a grandmother's impression i've got a bouncer that acts as a bouncer so he comes in here i have my dj dj frenzy so shout out to dj frenzy she's my dj um so we've got a cast of characters that come in and out i've got even um 
uh, impressionists that come in. I've got a, a gentleman that comes in and does a fantastic Joe Biden. Uh, so these people all come in and out of the show. So we've got music. We do your requests what, on Weed Wednesdays, what songs that you like. doesn't have to particularly have the word weed in it, per se. But what song do you like to partake with? So you DM me while the show's going on and my DJ plays it as we talk and have this great, uh, great uh, circus happening around us, to, for lack of a better term. And what time is it on Wednesdays? It's at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 Pacific, The Big Charm Show. Love it. Well, thank you so much for talking oh, with me today, you. Bobby, and for sharing your cannabis story, your journey, and The Big Charm Show with all our listeners. Stay lifted. Such a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I will support you, do support you, continue to support you. If you need me, Big Charm, all day. I got you. Big Charm. You've been listening to the Miss Weed Wiki podcast, and we thank you for your support.